0: Suzanne
1: would do anything to be famous. She's gonna be the next Barbara Walters. I believe that Mr. Gorbachev, you know, the man who ran Russia for so long,
0: I believe that he would still be in power today if he had that big purple thing taken off his forehead. To be on television You're not anybody in America unless you're on TV. was a chance she would die for. You're on. Good evening from the WWEN Weather Center.
1: Weather Center?
0: Have any of you actually ever been on television before? To be a star You gotta be able to do things that ordinary people wouldn't do. was the opportunity she would kill for. (sighs) Okay. (laughs) And that's exactly what she did. I don't think I need to tell you that today was a hot one. (sighs)
1: with just a slight chill in the air. Three. Nothing is gonna stop her. Two. Did you get the gun? Yeah. One.
0: Columbia Pictures welcomes you to the real America. Suzanne, did you get those kids to kill your husband? Where criminals get to be celebrities. It was on First Edition and American Justice. And celebrities get away with murder. It's nice to live in a country where life, liberty, and all the rest of it still stand for something. Nicole Kidman is... to die for. Michael Gauvier and Travis Roy, coming to a speaker near you right now. Howdy, everybody. Look, it's the Cinema Night Podcast. We're alive and well. I haven't done the show in a month, apparently. My name is Michael Gauvier. For those who remember me, if you've never met me before and I've never met you, good to know you thanks for being here it's just me and travis roy today there is no eric brandstrom he's going to a very special tribute show tonight we wish him well he we hope he has a great time uh how can we do we been a real mess lately we, i really don't have any good excuses you know <laughs> i take full responsibility for all the mistakes i've made here and uh i do still love the show i'm really excited to do today's show so I'm, it's good to be here travis
1: you know at this point i think we can we can just do away with the mea culpas because if you're a regular listener, you've figured out that like we're just not <laughs> staying on the same schedule that we consistently did for like three fucking years straight. We did like gangbusters every single week, but um as of late, it's just been harder to make that happen. So we're just doing it as best we can. You know, we're doing doing what we can out here. But uh, me and Mike, well, I at least I will be here every fucking di- every week. As much obviously, I mean, I've only missed I think two or three episodes the whole time i've been on the book the show
0: yeah i think uh okay so i know that <laughs> eric's had a lot going on lately so it's understood do your yes. thing eric
1: oh it's all understood I and mean, what you got going on is understood. you know people have lives you know shit happens now you but know? you know the one
0: time he crapped out he said he was a little overwhelmed emotionally so i just like well i don't want to do the show but with just two people sometimes we do get into that where i'm like oh, i wanted to have three of us but So I take blame on that one. And then I was on vacation last week and we didn't end up doing the show. And I'm fine with that because I didn't do any pods really. So, you know, that's how it goes. But I really hope, I think we found a routine until we found out today that Eric couldn't do the show today. (laughs) So I thought we were, I thought we were about to turn a corner here. We're going to try to do the show every Thursday night. And Travis is willing to stay up past his bedtime and everything. So I think, uh... Just bear with us. Hang with us. Email us if you're pissed. Like, tell us what upsets you. Are you disappointed? If nobody cares, then we'll just do whatever we want, really.
1: I mean, have you checked the email in some time? I have not. Maybe they've been emailing us pissed all along. I haven't checked it in fucking months. Yeah. I'm terrible at that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Let's see. Uh... (laughs) Your struggles are over, Vincenza. There's nobody here named Vincenza, so that's not for us. Uh, custom <laughs> customizing Was mobile Spanish apps Spanish prisoner.
1: Yeah. Uh, okay.
0: Customizing mobile apps. Uh, no thanks. Uh, Pete from Jam. Be one of a hundred podcasters to test out our new features. Nope. Well, thanks, Pete. Yeah, thanks. Sounds helpful, Pete. Really. You 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 go too far, Pete. Uh, Lauren says early access for Vincenza again. <laughs> There's two emails about Vincenza.
1: Some Vincenza is pissed somewhere that he's not getting the emails that he requires. Clearly, uh, the
0: Google accounts team wants to update, you know, uh, how they can exploit mm-hmm. us. So that's fine. Thank you. But the final email is actually a real email, Travis. How about that?
1: Oh, that's exciting. I'm glad, we, I'm glad we thought to check it. Yeah,
0: well, I always send the uh, the link for our show. For those people who don't know, we have to send a link out for us to use. And so I do it from our email just so I can see if we did get emails when we do the show anyways. This one is from our old pal, former guest host, Brian Madison.
1: Oh, hey, Brian. Hey, buddy.
0: Uh, The title is, Do We Get to Win This Time? Podcast on the Big Picture. Hello, Cinema 9 gang. I've just ripped through the big picture on hiatus podcast miniseries. Do We Get to Win This Time? On the Ringer. And it's riveting. I highly recommend you guys check it out. Bob Rafferty. Posits that the Vietnam War and America's perspective on it was shaped, for better or worse, by the films made about it. It's a deep dive into the war film culture of an unpopular war, and I couldn't stop listening to it. Starting with the ridiculous "The Green Berets" in 1968, and John. John <laughs>
1: yeah, I remember that. A great song. Yeah, that's ridiculous. No, the the movie. Oh, I never saw the movie. Okay, wow. Oh yeah, John John Wayne is a green beret. Like he's just like he's he's a cowboy, but he's in the sky and he's and he's jumping out of planes and stuff. It's just. It was was not good. John Wayne is so overrated, man. So he had right. his moments, but yeah, that's not one of them.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, generally, yeah, that's fair. You were a little more subdued there. I appreciate that
1: a little thought process there.
0: And then <laughs> the email continues: Green Berets in 1968, and John Wayne's checkered history. There you go. With being an admitted racist and a pro-war propagandist, the eight-episode series covers every major Vietnam War film and the impact, big or little, it had on American culture. Great interviews with veterans, both behind the camera and in front of it. Major shout out to the great Dale Dye. I know Dale Die. I've heard that name before. Uh, the former, I have not. I've heard that name before. I don't know why but I have heard it. The, fo- okay. the former Marine who has been in almost every single major war film since Splatoon. Okay, well there you go. That's why.
1: Oh, this is the dude that Gary Busey was based on in Tropic Thunder. Yes! I think, right? Yes!
0: I think that's correct. Yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, as well as some of the filmmakers like, oh, Travis's favorite, Oliver Stone. Uh, this is a must listen for anybody
1: into film and the real... Nick Nolte, excuse me, sorry, Nick Nolte, oh, my shit. bad, not Gary Busey. Failure, fa- brain failure, but I, re- I retreat, continue.
0: Oddly enough, without thinking about it, they're similar without thinking that it's, I still let it go. <laughs> it did seem right when yeah. I said it. Yeah, that, that's how there's still a connection between those two guys for some reason. Uh, this is yeah. a must-listen for anybody into film and the real-world impact that movies can have. Okay, well, thanks, Brian. Uh, Again, it's called Do We Get to Win This Time Podcast, which is on the Big Picture Podcast... Which you can find anywhere brian was really into it and that's an interesting concept yeah how the films about the vietnam war shaped the war
1: yeah i mean i'm a big believer that the 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 woodstock documentary had a tremendous impact on that generation of people who act like they were there whether they were there or not so it kind of makes sense and that um and we're doing it too as a generation we're being shaped by by film as far as history and stuff goes i think that's incredibly important and uh, that sounds like a really interesting podcast. I'll have to check that out.
0: Yeah, that's why we... I mean, it's one of the reasons we do the show is because film can have a tremendous impact. Sometimes we're just fucking around. That's fine. We fuck around a lot, but... It's fun. We also it's fun to fuck around. Yeah, I <laughs> never want that to end, but we also mm. have a serious side to ourselves, and we get into that on the mm. show when it's called for, and there's a reason because film is, again, an outlet and an arm sometimes for straight-up propaganda. It can happen.
1: Mm. Yeah. For sure. And sometimes it's really good, which is even weirder. Like <laughs> good propaganda movies. Yeah. That happens. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh thanks for Mr. Smith on. goes to Washington. Mr. Ooh. Oh. Right. Yeah, Mr. Smith. Is that uh old Jimmy? Old Jimmy and, and Capra hanging out. a Reteam. Freak. Actually it may have been I can actually it may have been even before It's a Wonderful Life. Anywho. I think it
0: was. I think uh, Mr. Smith was like forty one ish.
1: Yeah, I think that was before the war. Yeah,
0: 39 maybe, off the top of my head. Yeah. Anyways, we're just doing shit off the top of our heads, but you guys could Google everything. so We could do that too, but we choose sometimes. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. We still try to use our I minds. If we get it wrong, we're using our minds. We're trying, and I think it's okay to fail.
1: Yeah, if, if I'm wrong, I will just realize it two days later while brushing my teeth and beat myself up for it for two or three weeks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's the American way.
1: Hell yes, yes sir. Uh,
0: yeah. Shout out to uh, Dave Horning. Dave Horning loves this show more than anybody we've ever known. Uh, he really Aww. loves Cinema 9 so much. We love him. Yeah. I love Dave, but I just want to give him credit because he's so into our show, which, you know, it's a nice, not that anyone's not into our show. It's just, Dave's really talking, he, he emails, he'll text us about ideas. He really is a passionate Cinema 9 uh, lover cinema niner cinema niner oh cool okay well uh <laughs> it's been a while so it's time yeah. for us to do some quarantine viewing picks uh, i'm very excited i i mean i got a whole laundry list that i've been off for a month so I'll, I'll uh fine-tune that list but uh what's been going on with you lately
1: i was thinking the same that i was gonna have to like chop this thing down because it's been a couple weeks and i actually watched a lot the last couple weeks but uh without eric here i feel like we can we can you know we can fill that time a little bit sure dig in I, uh, I finished my revisit on The Sopranos, which remains the greatest show ever. Fuck Pauly, uh, man. Your
0: Fuck head. You I fucking hate that guy.
1: Oh, well, yeah, Polly is a pretty heartless dude, but they all are. They all are terrible humans for the most part. But every time I rewatch that show, I get something different out of it. I've watched it so many times. And my big takeaway this time is that we have been very cruel, or at least we all were kind of collectively cruel to Robert Eiler as he was growing there we up. Go. Some, of that di- some of that dialogue was pretty terrible, that he w- that he had him fucking Uncle Junior a Mummy and stuff. But uh, AJ, I think, like I had a lot more appreciation for his arc uh this viewing because you really see like what would happen if, if tony soprano raises someone with all of his sensibilities but none of his ruthlessness and he's just like a whiny screeching fucking child and it really distills down who who anthony soprano who tony soprano really is when you get down to it he's just he's a little fucking baby but he's brutal you take that away and yeah, so I, it's it's such a great show. I could go on and on.
0: Okay, that's a you're right. That's a really good point. Uh, it's just it's not his fault. I don't think the dialogue was really. Uh... He's a
1: mummy. He's a mummy, there's he had his there's some bad stuff in there. Yeah, but, but
0: I think they gave him bad dialogue because he's an idiot kid. So. <laughs> that's I think yeah, think that's yeah. well done but so, yes right. I've never thought about it like that before I have to give you credit that if you take away the brutality this is the just raw nerve baby that is the existence of Tony <laughs> Soprano that's a really good call right. uh there's actually a podcast now that uh Eiler does with Meadow
1: uh Yeah I've been meaning to listen to that the uh, pajama buddies or something I forget. Yeah. I forget pajama Bottoms or something like that Yeah something th- it's
0: pajamas. something like that and they talk and they talk about Soprano stuff and also Robert Eilert talks, I guess he's had a lot of drug use stuff. I don't know if it's like serious addict stuff or just like to party, but
1: yeah, um, it was no like, like, like a lot of kid actors. He really had a hard time once the, you know, once he hit adulthood and all that kind of stuff, but got really into gambling and, uh, and drugs. mm but I think he's okay. So now. It's unbearable,
0: mm-hmm. man. I, I, I can't stand that character, but you're right. I don't just, dis- I can't disagree with your point. It's good. Well thought out.
1: And that's kind of why I dwelled on it this time. Cause I've always kind of hated the character too, but this time I just kind of approached it more like, what is the real legacy that Tony's leaving? And then, you know, he's trying to raise a daughter who's going to be a doctor, but no, she's gonna be a criminal lawyer <laughs> and be a criminal herself. You know, it's fucking great. Um, other stuff that I watched, you know, I had to get a criterion channel to watch AI. So I've kind of, Held on to Criterion for the month. Oh, I could have uh, hooked you. Out up with that. Shel- you
0: shouldn't talk to me. My bad. No.
1: Sorry. Well, I didn't. I didn't know. Yeah. But I checked out "Give Me Shelter" from 1970. I've never, seen, you know, I've seen images of the of the Rolling Stones Altamont concert, mm. um, like particularly the actual murder moment or like the yeah, yeah, it's a murder. I mean, it's the dude had a gun. But anyways, but watching the rest of it in context, I thought that Woodstock documentary show what a farce that was. I Altamont was a fucking it was a ball of shit. It was a big old clusterfuck. It's amazing that more people didn't die. Although four people did die that day and four people were born at that concert, which is fucking wild. It's a wash. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's how the Stones feel. <laughs> yeah. I also checked out on uh on Criterion Paths of Glory starring Kirk Douglas. This is one of the earlier Kubrick films. It is a World War 1 movie from 1957 and there's a really harrowing uh no man's land scene where you're like tracking alongside Kirk Douglas as he's like trying to progress across no man's land. And it is some of the, like it's, it's pretty awesome. There's, there's some really like, it's almost like it's anti-war propaganda in a lot of ways. Sometimes it's really heavy handed, which I'm anti-war myself. I'm not saying propaganda in a bad way. War. in sense. War is
0: fantastic. But
1: it, yeah, right. I love it. I love it so much. Mm. Um, but it does, it. it's obviously it's Kubrick. So it's pretty good. Um, also on that same channel, I checked out the Comfort of Strangers. I haven't talked to Paul Schrader on this show in a minute. Nineteen hey! nineties, Paul Schrader. With uh, we got Christopher Walken playing an Italian and a really young Helen Mirren. They're like the creepy couple that meets Jolie Richardson and uh, Rupert Everett. A really young Rupert Everett. Like I think this may be the first, the earliest thing I've seen him in. A little slow, but man, is it beautiful, Schrader. I mean, I think he does best when he writes his stuff and directs it. But this was pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Uh, Check out "Living" from 2022. The what Bill Nye was uh, nominated for uh, best actor for. Uh, a little slow, but if you like Bill Nye, definitely, obviously worth checking out. I do
0: like Bill, but not it, Bill Nye, the science that, guy. Bill Nye.
1: Bill 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 Nye, the accomplished actor. I like Bill Nye, the science guy too. But maybe that's why he throws the science guy in, so he doesn't get <laughs> confused with the with the man who, for like 20 years, I called Bill Nye. He. I did too. Okay, I, mean, a, I, I couldn't figure it out,
0: man. I could not solve that puzzle. <laughs>
1: I couldn't either. Um, speaking of Netflix, we got the new Adam Sandler movie. I think he's in maybe six scenes. It's really starring his daughter. Uh, you are so not invited to my bat mitzvah, which it's geared toward middle schoolers, but it wasn't terrible. Yeah, it was okay. we need I mean, more.
0: There's not a lot of uh, bar bat mitzvah movies. I realized that when I heard about this recently. I'm like, yeah. oh, this is like a genre that could be explored further.
1: Yeah, uh, there was Shiva Baby last year uh, or two years ago. Which I haven't actually seen, but it's not a yeah, you're right. It's not like a normal Oh oh um also uh oh, shit, what was that one that was on Apple that was so good? I'm blanking on it right Diarrhea now. Diarrhea Jones, The Great Adventures. Oh yes, you nailed it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it! The Flash, I watched the Flash, you know, it's oh, on Max finally. It's on Max. It of course it isn't nearly as bad as everyone said it was, but it also wasn't great. Some of the CGI choices in particular were incredibly puzzling. Just, like, a rubber-faced Ron Livingston only, like, duplicated a thousand times was not something anyone needed to see, uh, let alone in numerous scenes. It definitely was worth watching, but I wasn't, like, it wasn't the greatest superhero movie of all time, as James Gunn claimed. Um <laughs> Uh, so uh, and then yeah, lastly I watched a couple horror movies. I could skip on past that. So I guess my my main suggestion of the week would have to be uh, Sopranos. Yeah, it is the best thing ever. <laughs>
0: Fuck Paulie, man! I cannot stand watching him. On, I mean, he's a great acting performance by uh, what's his face, but God damn it, I just hate Tony Sirico. Yeah, I can't stand that character. I'd actually he's need to decide who I can't stand more. Is it Paulie or is it AJ? It actually might be Paulie because when I do the rewatch, my last rewatch was about a year and a half ago, and he is just so obst- constantly obstinate. Like, he just will not yeah. give it. He'll never give it an inch. And he's, he'll push it so far that it'll be detrimental to himself and the entire crew. I mean, he starts some real serious shit for that crew that doesn't need to be started because it's all petty oh, bullshit. Sure. And, and I know they're all yeah. fucked up people. I get that. But I'm just like, dude,
1: you are the worst. You just, yeah. uh, he really bums me out. He does. You know who else had a big a, a big takeaway on this time? I've always, I'm a big fan of Silvio Dante the character, yeah. and um, this time I was really focused on like what a misogynist he is and and like how brutal he is. You know, he's, it's him that like murders women and kind of and that kind of stuff. And I've always kind of like obviously been had a major problem with that. But also I noticed this this time like there's a couple moments where like he saves or or at least sort of saves women. Like when he's like shot at when the he's someone in New York is shot right next to him at the, at the dinner table and he like has to get up. Like he gets the women out ahead of him and that kind of stuff. He does that kind of stuff periodically throughout the show. He's such a weird character because especially his relationship with women. Um, but that's what I love about the show. You can just, every time it's like a fucking onion, just peel something else off. Mm,
0: nothing like peeling an onion on a Friday night.
1: Mm. It's great. Yeah, with your feet. Oh, yeah, foot, onion, onion foot. Yeah,
0: I love onion foot. Mm-hmm. All right, so, boy, how do I decipher this list that I have written down in detail? I've been keeping <laughs> track. Right. Yeah, I love, you know, i got a hole in my iPhone, in the Notes app. I've got a whole section that's called movies and it's got endless categories of stuff that I've written about basically around this show since 2020. So like I could same. Yeah. Oh, cool. Maybe we should just do a whole show about the notes in our movie <laughs> files. That could be fun. <laughs> uh, let's see. So let me just, rec- well, I'll actually, I'll mix them in with the show. It'll make more sense to do this. So what's it called? Quarantine view vix There it is. Okay. Way back hey. when, oh my God, a month ago, I don't even remember that movie. I don't even know what that is. I'm going to skip that because I can't even remember what it What's is. What's it
1: called? What's it called? Muscles and Mayhem? Uh, I'm that, drawing is a blank. in Mayhem? I'll draw it. Is that a documentary? I'll draw A documentary, oh, probably. Wait,
0: I oh, got it. I got it. Okay, yeah, because this was like literally a month ago. <laughs> It was the that was the American Gladiator documentary on Netflix. Now there's two American Gladiator documentaries, one on ESPN and one on Netflix. I watched the Netflix one. It's called Muscles in Mayhem. I know Eric, if he was here, we could talk about that more. Uh I enjoyed it. It was entertaining. It's worth watching. So uh and so I finally watched Bros, which was totally shit on last year. It was a bomb. I loved it. I loved it. Me and Leanne Bro. watched it on vacation and I didn't. I didn't loathe it and I didn't love it. I was just kind of mm-hmm. middling on this and I Okay. I can't be sure the impact of the overall view that a lot of people panned it. But I actually was willing to root for the movie a lot more because it was panned and because it was about homosexuals in love and I wanted to make that I wanted it to work. I wanted to like love the movie. I really did. But
1: mm-hmm. I got to th- I kind of think Billy is not very likable on screen. So that's the main problem that people have. See, I, I like Billy Eichner, but if you if you find him grading, which I totally understand, uh-huh. then you're gonna have a harder time with, with, really with the movie. Is that really what? Is that movie. what a lot of people
0: end up bitching about more than anything?
1: Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know that he's. I don't know that he's necessarily the leading man that you, that you want. I think he. I think he wrote a good movie.
0: I mean, you guys, I, I do. It's a weird movie because. I mean, minor spoiler stuff here. If you don't want to hear it, skip ahead thirty seconds. Uh. He has these very sentimental, serious moments about, uh, you know, LGBTQT plus culture. And, you know, the whole point, they're, that museum they're building, and it gets into some really mm-hmm. hardcore heavy shit. It's like everybody on no Stonewall. There's way more than Stonewall. And, and that's good stuff. But at the same time, it's like really funny and sarcastic. And it's trying to balance between the two. And it, it, it was a little weird, the messaging and the overall balance of the film, I suppose.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's Fair how enough.
0: I saw it. It's not terrible. It was. It was. It was decent. I just. I'd like to see Billy Eichner do one more thing, and then I'd like to see if I like it or not. So hope he gets a chance. I do, too. Uh, I watch a great documentary called Quarterback. You would never watch this, but it's about, uh, nope. yeah, it's about NFL quarterbacks from last year, but it's unprecedented access ever. So if you want to like see unprecedented access behind the scenes, check it out. Uh, I, I never saw, I finally saw The Devil's Own. I'd never seen The Devil's Zone.
1: <laughs> it's not good.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I realized, boy, this movie, man, I'm on a roll here with
1: movies that were panned and shit on, but this movie was really <laughs> shit
0: on. And I guess Brad Pitt was really pissed about this movie by the time it was done.
1: They were making it up as they went along, literally. Like they were, the script was like thrown out. They were fucking just shooting shit and like let's p- piece it together in editing. Uh, they didn't know what the fuck they were doing. Yeah,
0: I guess I guess the original the original script Brad Pitt loved, but by the time I got to the movie, that script was long gone. And that'll happen. Anyways, it's not a very good movie, but. Um... It tries to hit on some points that make sense, but it's it's fairly terrible. I will say that. Uh oh, I saw that movie Worth, which I've skipped over so many times and I finally How was it? I finally watched it. Michael Keaton about, you know, what is a life yeah. worth from 9/11 and it's based on the uh the real life lawyer who did the mediation for all the victims of 9/11 and <sighs> that dude, that movie, I mean, it's a slog. Like you're not going to have fun watching this movie. I'll tell you that, but it's it's really well done. Michael Keaton is like a really chill balance kind of like a uh, very practical man type role but uh hmm. i thought it was solid i thought it was a really solid film it's emotional it's very emotional i will say that so if you're yeah. not for that then don't watch it uh, i watched a movie called marshall and do i even know what that is not we not we are marshall just marshall uh, yeah it says no it's not we are marshall i know that movie this marshall what is Marshall? This is hilarious. I don't know, man. Skip to the next I can't one. I not remember these. This is hilarious. I can't remember these movies. This is so funny. That's why you wrote them down. I know. I wrote them down, and I still it's still not ringing a bell. I have a pretty good memory. I don't. This is weird. I I
1: M A R S H A L L or M A R T I A. Yeah, just
0: straight up Marshall. Yeah, the like the name, like yeah. like your. Oh, there Steph it father. is. There it is. Okay. Yes, it was the third good Marshall movie with Chadwick Boseman.
1: Oh, yeah, shit. I I know. you know, I haven't actually seen that. How was yeah, it? I
0: hadn't. See, yeah, I'm so glad that we did it because I want to talk about it. Yeah, uh, it, <laughs> it's a rock solid movie. It's a it's not a full on biography. It's like a slice of life from his life at a serious case. That's not Brown versus Board. So I I loved oh. it. It's him and Josh Gad, of all people. And it works hmm. pretty well it, with uh, Sterling K. Brown is in a supporting role. I'll give it a thumbs up. It's definitely worth seeing.
1: I think that's the only Bozeman movie I still haven't seen. I really need to get on that. Oh, I, you know, actually, I haven't seen Jackie either, or the Forty Two, whatever it's called.
0: Oh yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know why I haven't. I gotta get on that. It Marshall's blue. definitely worth checking out. Check it out. Yeah. Uh, a movie I ran into totally on the blue is called Greenland, and I would never watch it. It was with Gerard mm-hmm. Butler and uh, the most I mean, gorgeous kind woman of entertaining. on
1: earth. Uh, oh, you've seen it? Kind of entertaining. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? Was it not entertaining? I
0: was entertained. I watched the whole thing, and yeah. I didn't have to. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: It's not bad. I mean, I feel like it's that's more your.
0: Yeah, it actually—you would call it an action movie because it's like
1: kind of like an end of the world movie too. Yeah, it's kind of like an updated Deep Impact, uh, Day After Tomorrow <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs>
0: uh yeah. God, she's so beautiful, Marina. Whatever her face is, I can't even remember her last name, and I think she's gorgeous. Yeah, yeah.
1: Marina from uh, from Deadpool. Yes, right? that
0: woman. Yeah. Yes, she is gorgeous. She's
1: a gorgeous woman. That's
0: it's, it's nothing wrong with that. Really and Gerard Butler, I'm not I a fan of, well. but he actually wasn't terrible. And then you got some Scott Glenn, just shows up, so it's
1: not terrible. Yeah. Always happy to see some Scott Glenn.
0: There's a movie called Deadfall from 2012, starring. Remember Eric Bana? What happened, to Eric Bana? Where'd he go? I don't know.
1: He did, he did the Hulk movie and then vanished. I
0: know, and that was a long time ago.
1: Deadfall was. I'm surprised he hasn't like he hasn't like resurfaced like in a bunch of like made for video Christian films. Or something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. This movie's from 2012, Deadfall, and it's got a great cast. You've got you got him, you got uh, Charlie Hunnam, and. Uh, uh, Olivia Wilde it's a it's a very loaded cast that great even uh Sissy Spacek and old man Chris Christopherson are in this so the be- and uh who just recently passed away Treat Williams he's in it so uh. It's also it. a movie I think you, I really want you and, Tra- and Eric to watch and everybody who's a local to Michigander to watch because it's based in Michigan, but like in the country of Michigan. It's so like, it's a total, it's oh. a Michigan movie. It's based around Michigan. Not Detroit. Not Detroit. It's kind of interesting. It is. Yeah. That, if, I got to mm-hmm. be honest, that part alone was enough for me to see it through. Uh, and I think it's worth watching. Deadfall. It's worth watching. All right. And I think we will leave. Uh, yeah. Okay. So one of the mistakes. I know Eric is probably going to bring this to the table, or maybe he won't because he loves it, but The Color of Money, you know, it's one of his favorite movies. It's his favorite movie. Yeah. His favorite movie. He
1: loves it. Yeah. That's what he says. Well,
0: I didn't know. I'd seen it before. It wasn't my is first a time. Sequel? Yeah, I didn't know that. I finally figured that out for the first time after... I'd only seen the movie once or twice, and I didn't remember that it was Scorsese because basically it was just... A Paul New movie it wasn't really Scorsese it was just there to prove that he could do like a studio picture that's what I found out afterwards <laughs> and that it was a sequel to The Hustler which I've never seen with Jackie Gleason and so I know I really want to see The Hustler and that's like the number one movie on my agenda to see next so, all
1: right yeah cool there you go look at that we did like a, a lengthy quarantine viewing pic it was look fun at us. yeah you
0: know we you know if you don't like it hey fuck off uh, uh there are those that do your dad yeah Tim likes it yeah but Tim is gonna listen to this he's gonna love it I'm in his basement right now right dad <laughs> He's upstairs if you can hear me. All right. Well, uh, there it is (laughs) cinema9 at gmail.com. You can give us a five star review, although maybe we don't deserve it lately. But the shows we actually do do are still pretty solid, (laughs) I think. So, do do. Do 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 -do -do kids. All right. Well, it's time to to focus on my pick to die for. That's right. I chose this movie. And I got to tell you, this is the most proud I think I've been, Travis. Because as far as your choices go, yes. all and right. the reason why because why, because I really have not seen this movie since like 1997, truly. Mm-hmm. So I, a lot of these other movies I've, I've kind of run into again and again over the years for the most part, but this is a great example of what the show is about. We pick a movie that we haven't seen in a long time. Does, does it hold up. Did, I loved it once upon a time. And I did love this movie once upon a time. I really love to die for Same. So
1: I agree. I think this was a great choice. Uh, I remember getting into this movie, uh, as i mentioned i my mom's boyfriend growing up would like record all kinds all kinds of vhss for us but then he th- they broke up and so i kind of like had to start doing it myself cuz it's not that hard <laughs> by the time i was 15 so i remember i had like two die for and huge you know i remember I like i wrote it in white out across the uh across the black vhs and i had this one and i watched it over and over and over so much so in fact that like a couple years later when there was a um a a sneak preview like two months before the actual release of another movie that came out and was like oh it's the next it's the next Gus Van Zandt movie and it's got Robin Williams in some sort of drama yeah sure I'll check it out so I saw it like months before Goodwill Hunting actually came out because I was like that young I was like yeah fucking Gus Van Zandt and like you I by I don't know by the end of 2000 or so I had not watched or really even thought about this movie in a long time but there was a good four or five years where I watched it regularly
0: yeah that's the other thing I didn't even think about it you're right that's it's just like a race from my memory and first off like you said it's a Gus Van Zandt film he's very famous director. It's got Nicole Kidman. It's got Matt Dillon, Dan Hedaya, our pal, Kurtwood Joaquin Smith. Joaquin
1: Phoenix. Joaqu- Ho- oh, here,
0: yeah. Leanne hates this too. Joaquin. We, she's like, Joaquin. Oh, yeah. She kept doing it to Joaquin. me all week. I know. I told her about my, yeah, I've been doing it on the show and I didn't mean to do it. Joaquin. Yeah. Joaquin. But a Casey Affleck, his first movie. Ileana Douglas. I mean, it's a loaded cast. A lot of great people. And yeah. it's a Gus Van Sant. Yeah, it's a stacked cast. And it's based on the Pamela Smart story which is a true story. It did happen. Yeah. So, for those of you that don't remember, Pamela Smart hired, you know, what happens in this movie she basically did. She didn't want to be a
1: right. TV newswoman, I don't think, or something like that, but but she was like she was an extremely minor local celebrity um that got young children to murder her husband for her and then it was the first or one of the first uh, court cases that allowed video cameras inside the court. Uh, so media was like, like this movie starts with the media literally falling all over themselves. Reporters are literally falling all over themselves to like chase her to the, you know, to the, uh, to the funeral. And that's pretty much what happened in reality. I don't really remember it at the time. It was like, what, 90 or 91. I, I don't remember it happening. But uh, it clearly presaged a lot of bullshit that we're still waiting through today. <laughs> yeah, I mixed that case up with the one where
0: that girl got kidnapped in Utah like a few years later. And then, like, oh,
1: I think the the last name was Smart. Yeah, uh, t- her last name was Smart. Yeah, I know, Eliz- right? Elizabeth Smart. Yeah, right. Isn't that what? It, I swear, they're both Smarts. A couple of smarties.
0: <laughs> A couple of smarties. Well, <laughs> so the first time you watched this movie, you recall doing it that way.
1: Is this as you described? Yeah, yeah. Like I, I rented it because it had. I mean, I, I guess I, I don't even. Yeah, you know, I guess it looked cool. I don't even know if I knew who Gus Van Sant was at that point. I knew who Matt Dillon would have been. I remember that this was – I remember this – like it wasn't actually the first time I saw Joaquin Phoenix in a movie, but it was the first time that I was like, who is this? This guy can really act. This guy's good. And I felt the same way about Casey Affleck, too. I was like, Casey, this guy's good. He's going to be a big star. And then it, like, all of a sudden his brother becomes a big star instead. And I was like, oh, this is weird. Yeah, that's true. There was
0: yeah. a heavy presence in this movie. Joaquin, for sure. I was like, wow, this guy's – <laughs> I can't not do it. I'm Stop. telling you, I can't not Stop. do it. I'm not even trying at least to do it. you
1: don't say Joaquin, jo- I guess. It could be <laughs> hey, Joaquin. Hey,
0: Joey Queen Phoenix. Uh, <laughs> so the first time I saw this movie was actually over... I used to house it for these people. They were friends of my mom and my stepdad at the time, DiBiase, uh, Rest in Power, D-B-I-C. Um And I went over there and watched it, and I was like, oh, this movie's great. And I got to admit, too, I was... Uh, barely 16 probably 15 and right. this movie is about a woman who seduces young men so at the time I can't <laughs> uh, I mean I was like and Nicole Kim, it was super hot so I I definitely was like probably liking this movie for the reasons that other people maybe didn't like it at the time I was really just I just thought it was like a very sensual film I mean she's really like her sensuality is just like oozing out throughout the entire movie I admit that freely and it's pretty hard to deny that I I I'll talk more about how I see it now, but at the time, that's I remember watching it over and over again afterwards because I liked the more of the characters and the story, though, but originally I was drawn in by that. And I do recall that at uh, Greg and Audrey's house over there in Brighton, 1996-ish, good times. Noodle salad.
1: Yeah. Uh, what's the rating on the MDBB for TI4? I would guess pretty good. I would think it's probably pretty respectable. I'm going to say 7.0.
0: Yeah, you know, it, it does seem like a rock solid 7.0, but just for fun, I'll say
1: 7.2. Variety's sake, 6.8. Man, well, we were getting there. Doesn't right? crack 8. seven.
0: A little, only 51,000 ratings too. This is, again, it seems like this movie. I mean, this movie's. How did you
1: watch this film? Um, it's streaming on. Um, oh, it was. I think, yeah, it's, I think it's actually on the Criterion Channel as well. Actually. Oh well, great! Uh,
0: I'm happy for you though, because I actually I had to rent it on Amazon. I did because I I didn't know where else to find it. I didn't have a lot of options yeah. at the moment, so
1: uh, that was yeah, that was why because I, I did the trial for AI, and then this was the next movie. It's like, well, I guess I'll do the month.
0: Cool. Okay. Well, I'm glad it worked out that way then. But it's it's not all. It's just not a movie that I've seen around a lot. You know.
1: But... Right. Right. It hasn't been. Like if if it had popped up on a streamer earlier, I probably would have revisited it by now. But I don't remember coming across it very often.
0: Exactly. Yeah, I, I I would tend to agree. I I don't know how it even popped in my mind to finally think of it. That something clicked and it just I was like, Oh, I finally remember this movie and I don't even know what it was. Yeah. But I'm glad that we're doing mm-hmm. it now. On uh, Rotten Tomatoes, eighty nine percent from the critics. That's very solid. And then sixty five from the audience, a little just a little smaller than the IMDB review of six point eight. Mm-hmm. Critical response, as we always do here on the show. We'd like to give you guys the feedback of the people who know better than you do. And that's <laughs> what these critics are. Um, well, we've, we've, little Rob Rob Gonsalves, we've done him once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> to die for has a crisp, professional snap. As if the producer had splashed cold water on Van Zandt <laughs> between takes. <laughs>
1: Doesn't this feel different than a lot of Van Zant movies? Like he had a different editor or something. It, it feels a lot more—I don't know—like short attention spanny. You know what I mean? It's just a lot more like media savvy. I guess that's what he's going for. I guess, but it—it it it has a different feel than a lot of his stuff. I feel like.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think about you know, uh, like last days. You know, it's supposed to be kind mm-hmm. of about Kurt Cobain type guy. Uh, yeah. I think you're yeah, you're definitely right. Now, I think it's very yeah. it was chosen because of the glamorous nature of the trial being a popular trial, and that the news media was, I think he really wanted to
1: crush the yeah.
0: crush that point home, and that was turned into the editing yeah, and, right. and the and the shot design in the end, right?
1: Almost Oliver Stoney, because really I yeah. think of him more like, when I think of like Goebel Hunting or Elephant or something, it's all very static. That's true. You know, but uh, but this, yeah, I'm sure you're right. He's trying to, like, overwhelm our senses.
0: Well, maybe it was also a product, I mean, Gus Van Zant's not immune, a uh, product of the time, 1995. This is right after Natural Born yeah. Killers came out too so you never know if some of that mm-hmm. you know could have bled into that. I, I think it's interesting that both those movies came out around the same time period, you know that they're about different things, but they're still kind of about similar glamorization good. of violence and media stuff.
1: Exactly. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. Good point. That's a good call. Uh David Anson of Newsweek said, I'll smart and wicked delight. Period. Thanks, David. Uh helpful. can we get
1: someone a little bit more depth on this? These are all very pre- short pre yeah. We got Peter Travers. We got Ebes. Where's Ebes? You I'm, should ring it on this.
0: Oh, uh, here we go. Peter Travers, Rolling Stone said, Although Van Zant makes wicked sport of television, he doesn't underestimate its power to blind us to its faults and bring us to our knees. All right. That's pretty good. Hey! More than saying it's a movie. We got Destiny. Yeah. What? Yeah. All right.
1: Early Destiny. This is early Destiny. Hey, all right.
0: That's a Thompson. The delicately featured phoenix, yes, River's brother, thanks, dessen uh, has an extraordinary <laughs> chic oddball presence. Chic oddball presence.
1: Huh? Well, it makes sense. I mean, the, he's, that seems to be what he singled out was Joaquin's performance.
0: <laughs> that, yeah, that does fit. I see what he's saying. I just never would have thought of putting it that way. That's yeah. why we love dessen He's the man. Who's Honeycut? um, um, Kurt Honeycutt? Kurt Honeycutt. Kent. <laughs> Kurt Kent. Uh, K. Honeycutt. K. Honeycutt. Honeycut. Uh, good old Eves. <sighs> Nicole Kidman's work here is inspired. Her clothes, her makeup, her hair, her speech, her manner, even the way she carries herself as if aware of the eyes of millions are all brought to a perfect pitch.
1: I don't disagree. It is a really good performance. Yeah, it's a really, really solid performance. I'm almost surprised she wasn't nominated for it, but it's probably a pretty strong year.
0: Yeah, she apparently, like, she wanted this part really, really bad, and she went to great lengths to try to make sure to secure it. And, you know, this is... Okay, Nicole Kidman, 1995. You know, we're not talking Eyes Wide Shut quite yet. This is still someone on the rise.
1: Uh, I mean... Yep, this was... After Robin, uh, Batman and Robin. Oh right? yeah, it was, that was the right, same year. Right the same time. exact same year. Yep, yeah. Same year, but between that and this, like this was pretty much her first starring role. I feel like she's right?
0: in Far and Away. She's in is she in Malice. I don't know some dumb courtroom drama. Uh, yeah, you're right. I think this Far is her. Far
1: was before. This is her movie. Far Away was before this. This is her. Right?
0: Uh, even though there's a lot of characters in this film, this is her movie
1: yeah and far and away it was still partly like okay this is tom cruise's wife or girlfriend whatever she was at the time (laughs) you're right this is still like this is very much this is a huge cast but she is clearly the main star of it
0: yep and i never saw far and away so i don't even know what's going on there but i just
1: it's not bad it's about it's about homesteaders oh people love homesteaders tom cruise is tom cruise is an irish homesteader you don't really get a lot of that these days (laughs) tom cruise irish (laughs) homesteader oh boy
0: yes sir but yeah you're right so (laughs) Everything Ebert said there, man, I agree with. She is, every detail is not left to chance with the clothing and the look and the constant awareness of this bottom line. But she's also a total fucking doofus, and I love that. She plays that really well in this film without making it overt to show it to you. You gotta kind of pay attention a little bit that she's clueless. Dude, you're
1: nailing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she thinks she's, that she's so ahead of the game because she can, like, beguile fucking young boys. Yeah. <laughs> So she literally thinks that she that she's that she's smart, and that, but she's actually like one of the clumsiest fucking criminals I've ever seen on film.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yo, know, you got Wayne Knight in this too, Newman, and uh, he's hilarious yeah. in this film, talking about how she shows up to try to get a job at the local cable station and then the things she goes to and like he, all those ideas oh that get denied. She just she's relentless. The only thing she has going for her is this relentlessness and her self belief, but that's it. And she's right, which is,
1: which is, yeah, that kind of dogged, determined, like, I am meant to be famous, which is instead of instead of going away and we've matured as a society instead, that's like the most celebrated thing ever. (laughs) Oh, your your job is to influence, to peddle yourself and nothing else. You must be amazing. I know this should be like the
0: influencers anthem. Like this should be like (laughs) their right. You're right. You're so right about that. That's exactly where we are now.
1: She was if it was their anthem, that would take a level of self awareness and then they'd have to like critique themselves and change their behavior. Oh, we say yeah. this as podcasters. We self-promote too, but Yeah, but we're not, not influencers. In that,
0: we're not influencers. We're yeah, just we're people not, doing a show.
1: We just like to talk.
0: Yeah, we're not cool and we're not special. We're just trying to God help me. <laughs> we lo- not we cool like or movies. Special. I know. We're all friends and we like to, it's fun to talk <laughs> about it. That's it.
1: So yeah. All right, we've justified it. Let's continue. Yes.
0: Look. Yeah, everything about what she does in movies outstanding, and the balance, and the smoothness, and the sleek ability she has to be sly enough. I mean, who's dumber? I guess you know her or Matt Larry, Matt
1: Dillon's character. I mean, they're both pretty clueless, man. You know, he's also a bit of a dick because he <laughs> starts the whole thing off being like, I'm going to support you in this dream of yours. And as, as, as soon as it doesn't just immediately come to fruition, within less than a year, he's like, you should give it up and just have kids, <laughs> which is a total dick move. I mean, he's an idiot.
0: Well, he's afraid of her, though. That's, that's cool. I like that about this movie. He's a... He's afraid, and his sister is the one who really pushes him. By the way, I love Ileana Douglas in this role. I always remember <laughs> her from when I originally watched this film. I was like, oh, I love this. I love her. I like to see her in more stuff, you know?
1: Yeah, this was the same year she did Search and Destroy, which was one of my favorite cult movies if you've ever seen it. Uh, John Turturro and Griffin Dunn oh. and Christopher, Christopher Walken. thats fucking great. I have a copy. This I haven't really actually watched it. Too. I've never pressed play on it. Oh, yeah. dude, I love that movie. You know what? Let's do it. next. Let's do it. Next <laughs> week, let's do it next week. Hang on. Uh, I'll come, let's come back to that. We'll see if it's streaming. Anywhere. Okay. All right. But uh, uh, keep talking. Yeah. So Matt
0: Dillon's character is a doofus. He plays in a band. His family. So there's this connection here that he's, they're an Italian family. They might know some mobsters, but they're not in the mob. Uh, Dan Hedaya is like in the wife. I don't know the wife's uh, character's name or actress's name because I don't recognize her. I apologize to that.
1: That is a Tucci. I know her last name is Tucci. Oh, it's a Tucci. I don't know if there's any relation to Stanley. Cool. Oh,
0: by the way, uh, I wanted to mention this, too. This is, the screenplay is written by Buck Henry, the legendary Buck Henry.
1: (laughs) He shows up in it to smack uh, Casey Affleck around.
0: This teacher, (laughs) he beats a child, like... Out of his chair. Yeah. Like, beats him literally to the ground. Little old Buck Henry, who could never scare anyone, he actually pulls it off of this movie. I couldn't believe it. He did it. He really did it. And the fact that he could beat the kid and get away with it, I mean, I actually feel bad for Casey Affleck's character. His dad hates him. His teacher's hitting him. There's awful home life. I mean, it's its so sad in a way, too. This movie is so much going on in it.
1: It's its true. There's a, there's a lot happening, and most of it's really sad, but this is... As hardcore as a satire as you can get. It's all really tongue in cheek. So it's all just a little bit funny, even when it's sad. It's advertised as a black comedy, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what it is. Yeah.
0: Did you. Uh, actually, Leanne had never heard of the movie. So she watched the trailer for it from night. Okay. trailers have changed. It's so funny to see where we've gone with that. I don't want, you know, I we try to avoid trailers, obviously. I hate yeah, them. Yeah, I hate them too. Yeah. But to see an old school trailer is entertaining because you see that there was. There's like a general group think that becomes like standard trailer of the time. Right. And this one, it was. She was a woman <laughs>
1: who had a dream.
0: No, they had like the. the no one would stand in her they way. They had the lighter hearted announcer like, oh, you know, okay. Suzanne Stone just can't get enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's presented as a comedy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's, a, that's pretty much what it was. And I did you laugh a lot with this film? No. (laughs) Did you? (laughs) I don't... No, I don't... don't, There was only Wayne Knight made me chuckle a few times with his commentary, but that was pretty much it, I think.
1: I mean, I was, was like, amused by George Segal, for instance. Oh, yeah. There's certainly a lot to be amused by, but... I, I didn't, no, I, I didn't laugh at it. The, well, I'll tell you what. There's one moment I loved and laughed and clapped my hands because I was, I you know it's, it's been a long time since I've seen it. And to skip ahead to the end, I was convinced that David Cronenberg, who shows up as the hitman to kill her, yeah. uh, which is awesome. I was convinced that Walter was fucked. And I'm like, oh no, this hitman's not going to save Walter. Then it, it cuts to him like calling Dan a day and telling him that he's dead. And you, you see that Walter's, the hitman kept the dog and kept him alive. <laughs> I laughed pretty hard at that, and was very. I thought that was a great touch. I know you, yeah. Hitman with a hitman with a heart. Yeah, I knew you appreciate
0: that. That's that's wonderful. Of course. <laughs> but I also, I guess, in the early so they get away from this too. This movie's strange in a way where they set it up with these this talk show that the families are on in video form. Mm-hmm. By the way, so you're going from video to film. You can see the difference. Yeah. And the way they're talking about their kids and who Suzanne was and who. Larry was and Kurtwood Smith's total he was totally befuddled uh, they were trying to explain that <laughs> she was wild and his sister her sister was there to say wild. she was wild and he's like yeah. well yeah i guess she was wild <laughs> i did laugh at that that was that made me laugh i love kurtwood smith i want you i was hoping Kurt to see man. more kurtwood smith in this movie but he's he's pretty minimal in this film
1: yeah you know and same is true of dan Hadea. i would have liked a little bit more of yeah. him as well i mean they both he just kind of beats the shit out of a tv with a bat and says a couple he glowers some and kind of like looks disapproving in a couple of scenes but it doesn't really have a ton of lines
0: yeah you know, they never let they never bring sentimentality into this though they really don't because when they're they go on that trip dan hedaya and larry they, they go up on the car trip to the convention and he says something like yeah. i can't remember what he says like i think i'm gonna buy a uh, something for the restaurant and Larry's like, that's a good idea. And that's it. Like, there's not much going on there. There's just not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I did remember it as a younger man thinking like Dan Hideo was more involved and had more uh, to say in the film. But really, it just comes down to his bitterness and the fact that they execute and carry out. I got to say, I was really satisfied by the uh, the execution of Suzanne Stone by the hitman. I, I was pretty uh, pretty happy with that. I
1: was pamela uh pamela smart uh, alive and well yeah. still in prison still in prison so. uh, life sentence yeah. but uh i guess that this was the fantasy of what they hoped had happened there. yeah this <laughs> is tarantino
0: like. took all of uh, his inspiration for his current historical retellings yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, i can't prove that
1: because <laughs> so. other than that there's a lot of i mean it's pretty close i mean obviously no one knows the dialogue and that kind of stuff but as, as far as i understand it's pretty close other oh, than some name changes and that stuff. Oh,
0: it is. yeah. I mean, uh the woman I think Joyce Maynard wrote the book about it and then they've Buck Henry did a screenplay to tidy it all up to bring it together in the Buck Henry yeah. way that he did. Uh, what are some other things that you, anything else that uh you wrote down or...
1: um. Burr, burr. Yeah, we already talked about it being like a major oh here, I got one. Ninety one degrees, a record breaking temperature in New Hampshire in nineteen ninety five. I bet it's I bet it's gone up since then. but hut, hut Hut Hut, sir. Um <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean I thought the name of the of the of the city, of the town, Little Hope, that, that had slipped by me as a kid. Now I'm like, oh that's 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 a that's one of those Buck Henry isms that's kinda Yep. That's funny. So that's and that's the kind of funny that it is. It's not like ha 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 funny. It's like
0: Huh. <laughs> yeah it is like <laughs> uh, yeah uh, <laughs> huh. uh.
1: i will say i think my the highlight of the movie for me is is a moment of acting from nicole kidman and it's the scene where everything's telescoping in as she re- no it's actually not that it's after that um after he he asked her to like give up her dream and have a kid right and then a little bit later they're talking again they're by the stairs And she's talking to him. She's all like in Barbie mode and like smiling, like, I love you. Like, and then he talks to her again about it like one last time. And you kind of see like this expression just dawn on her face. And she's like, and you can, you can tell this is the moment she's like, uh, he must be removed. He is an obstacle to my dream. Mm -hmm. He must, he must go. And, uh, it's so cold. And it's like you said, like you, like there's a lot of moments like that with her where where there's a lot being told with her expressions and it's subtle and it's really, really brilliant work from a, super talented actor
0: and i want to bring up the you know all the kids that are involved here these teenagers and they're all coming Mm -hmm. from fucked up places you know the three of them i don't know if they were a group of people that hung out together or not or if suzanne's documentary they were they were
1: because it starts off it starts off and then we get that death metal song and they're all sitting together on the um outside the school watching her walk by together so like they oh yeah that's right Okay. Right? They all happen to sign up, but like, it's, so what I thought was kind of conflicting because you got to get two messages with that. Yeah. Uh,
0: well, Buck Henry, you know, basically forced uh, all that fuck up.
1: <laughs> you're going to sign up or
0: you're fucked. And, so, you know, like, oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. the only reason that uh, Joaquin signed up is because he wanted to beat off. So you get a real nice, uh, you get a real nice weather report beat off scene uh, in this movie. So, oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, him talking about every time the weather changes, he has to masturbate. I thought that was pretty funny. <sighs> he's so
0: <laughs> gross. I mean, it's a great job of acting, but he's, God, he's so awful.
1: Oh, man. He's greasy and like, <sighs> he's just like, so, hey, you're right, he's gross. It,
0: yeah, it's unsettling. Literally, it does leave an imprint on you from his entire performance, though it's pretty simple-minded. Like, he's just a, he's a fucking 15-year-old with a boner. That's all it is. And,
1: right. And Casey Affleck, like, snorting and banging on the hood of that tr- car with that baseball bat and like he's just like so punk rock I it, it, it was amazing to me to like as he got older and be like oh he was that was a character that's not what he's like
0: <laughs> yeah hey. yeah well said that's a good call uh acting oh uh do you know where Edward R Murrow started <laughs> uh no well I don't know but I'm sure it was somewhere yeah that was funny yeah uh, Oh, this is a Danny okay. Elfman score, by the way.
1: Yeah, it's a really good Danny Elfman score. It also sounds like every Danny Elfman score.
0: I thought it sounded a little different. I actually did. It's still Danny Elfman. It's really? totally Elfman, but it's just a little different. I actually did.
1: Not not dead president's different. No, no, no. You're right. That's he can be much more different when he wants to. This is this is still this is still like, I got some Beetlejuice in me. Always with the Beetlejuice in me.
0: Oh, yeah. So, you know, speaking of your recent <laughs> Sopranos watch, you got a, uh, you know, Jackie is one of the detectives. So it's Jackie Sr. So.
1: Jackie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Michael Rispoli yeah. shows up as uh, as the. Uh, yep, yep. Definitely. So, and that would have been just a couple years before he played Jackie Aprile.
0: That's right. That's true. Uh, I wrote this down, but I don't remember it. Uh, somebody said fucking gangbusters. And I just thought it was,
1: I'm like, oh, That was Wayne Knight's nickname for her. Yeah,
0: that's right. I had not heard gangbusters in a while, so I just wrote it down.
1: I thought gangbusters were like, you know, the prohibition untouchable dudes. Like, I thought that, Ah. isn't that what a gangbuster is? People that break up gangs? You're probably
0: right. I, I would disagree with that sentiment or that actual fact,
1: if it is. But if something is like that's fucking gangbusters, I guess it just means like that's awesome. I don't know what that means. I, coming I, in. It. I think
0: it's coming in hot, like coming in real strong. Like yeah, they just bust in. They don't even use a warrant. Um, they're just busting shit up. that don't give a fuck.
1: That makes sense. Yeah. That makes, makes sense. sense for her I'm character. With that. It
0: does. Yeah, you're right. If you hadn't said that part, I would have thought about it. Also, uh, I think Buck Henry says this. Uh, Nutless wonders. That's a funny line.
1: I enjoyed that. Yes. Yeah, and he tells him to look up what a eunuch is. <laughs> funny. And
0: when the cops arrest Casey Affleck's character, they just I wouldn't just blindly walk through the water in my suit and trench coat. <laughs> I mean, they go like almost up to their dicks.
1: Where is he gonna go? Just stand on the sh- uh, stand on the shore. Like, where is he gonna go? You gotta you gotta ruin you. Gotta... So I, as I'm watching this, I'm like, these fucking dildos are gonna walk back to their car and sit in their car, just drenched yeah. from the waist it down. It was cold out too. Doesn't make any. Doesn't make any. He's gonna stroll into the ocean real quick to arrest this guy. <laughs> the minor detail. Because he's never gonna come out. of That's it? <laughs> just so stupid. Just sit in the car. <laughs> just sit in the car so he doesn't see you. Just watch him and wait. I guess are they trying to show that
0: like because you see a scene of them at the restaurant of the family, like they're connected in a way. I don't know. There's a lot of hints here. I got to give the movie credit because I love when they do this stuff. They don't shove a lot of stuff down your throat. They leave it all kind of out there for you to try to put it together. And I want to give the movie credit for that.
1: Yeah, they do. They show up in the scene when um, she first is on the, Weather Channel yeah. and like he he quiets everyone down like listen and everyone claps when it's over. Just imagine all the patrons be like, "Why are we clapping for the le- for the weather?" Lady? <laughs> I know,
0: but they all they're but they're such likable family. there's like okay, yeah, well, we like your
1: food, I we know, like I your know. restaurant. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You're excited, we're excited. That's fine. <laughs> Bring me some more rolls. Yeah, and they also
0: there's also breadcrumbs given. Suzanne is so obsessed with celebrity culture and like being on TV and being a personality that is constantly fawned over with like the the fake dinner she puts on where she got the recipe about Johnny oh. Carson's chef made it but it was all it was made by those other people they again they don't force right. it down they, they show it to you briefly but it's up to you to kind of put it all together to be like this woman is just a total fucking
1: fraud total phony so you were saying earlier that you had uh thoughts about her presentation of sexuality because watching it this time I do not see like a woman acting sexy I, I see a woman just naked ambition to, Clearly transparent manipulation, um, abuse. It's just like it's not like none of it's sexy at all to me now. Is that how you feel?
0: I'm glad you brought this up and brought it back because it would have bummed me out if we didn't cover it. It's totally different now. Like, it's right. It, this movie is not very sexy or like a sexual movie mm-hmm. to me at all it, I totally agree I did, I wasn't like oh that's kind of a hot scene or like anything like that at mm-hmm. all it really wasn't I just I just yeah. saw a woman who's like just on to the next move whatever it was and you, you don't get like a lot of uh, there's that scene where they're dancing and it's like it's kind of cumbersome and goofy and weird and then when she's dancing out in <laughs> front of the car to sweet home yeah. Alabama that
1: was totally with the door closed <laughs> in the rain how could she hear it <laughs>
0: that's a great point yeah i mean those are thick ass cars too it's gonna be hard for that sound to get out of those old bastards right that's a good point but she doesn't you know she's not really doing anything that's that sexy in a way where i'm like wow this is a sensual film i I just i think i agree with exactly what you're saying like this woman is and a, you're, I'm older now, too. So, yeah, this woman is exploiting young youths mm. who are coming from broken homes. It's a clear okay. classic tale of what exploitation commonly is in this country, even if it's the military or whatever it is. Or it's just one person taking advantage of opportunities for people who are desperate to be noticed by someone who, as, you know, Joaquin's character says in this film... <laughs> I can't not do it. I just It's just a natural thing for me. Uh, she is very... Cl- like Scarlett Johansson? Scarlett Johansson farts. It's true. She does. Uh, she's very clean. You know, he says that in the movie, she's very clean. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that made right. a lot of sense to me, even though it's a very simple explanation of what it is that he likes about Suzanne Stone. She's pristine, you know, totally kept and organized from head to toe. And she's not sexy. She's just a clean woman who... Basically, shows interest in him, and it could have been a lot right. of different people that showed interest in him, and he would have been on board,
1: I think. Yeah, he probably comes from like this filthy hell, neglected. Yeah, you know, we don't get much and, from uh, his background, right? I don't think. No, yeah, no. Um, we only get a little bit of the girl whose name escapes me. Although I thought the actor there did well, uh, I would have liked to have seen more from her. I thought she she did pretty well in the in the role.
0: Yeah, yeah, but she's we see, great.
1: We see a little bit of her. Yeah, you know, we see a little bit of her home and it's, Lydia, yeah, like you say, it's all Lydia was a character. Lydia.
0: played by Allison yeah. Falland. She did good. She did fine. She did, I, yeah. I want to give uh, yeah. Allison Falland credit as the. I mean, she was raped by a stepdad. It's. Very, I mean, they don't say it specifically, but that's...
1: They, yeah, they imply yeah, it. Yeah,
0: that she was abused and exploited, and then it's clearly just the natural step when Suzanne takes an interest in her so she can get this documentary done, and then tells her that, hey, Lydia, you're going to be my assistant in Hollywood, or <laughs> all this shit that... It right. it sounds preposterous to most adults who are going to sit here and watch this movie, but you really got to put yourself in the shoes of somebody who's an innocent, has already been exploited, mm-hmm. and has learned things that... Are wrong. It's not their fault, but it's just something that they don't know any better yet. Because unfortunately, right. they've been raised by shit ass scumbags.
1: And she builds their, their their trust in her, so that she can use it against them. And she's yeah, she's a complete predator. Yeah, and the only other
0: thing about Suzanne's character, I'll say, you know, we talk about how dumb she is, but then she tries to look, they try to make her look a little bit smarter when they try to entrap her with the recordings and stuff later in the movie and they can't do it. Mm-hmm. And then she gets off and they kind of show imply that there was this court proceeding where all the tapes were thrown out and uh evidence that couldn't be used. And mm-hmm. I, that was the only thing I guess for like, she's not, we, let's not start to make her smarter now because she's not like,
1: <laughs> you know. yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. She got lucky, I guess. Um, yeah, I, I did like when she's at the murder scene and she like realizes that all the lights are outside the window and she's like drawn to them like a moth. Yeah, like it's my big moment. It's my big scene. I've been waiting for this. Oh. And like the cops are like, "You don't have to talk to them." And she's you're like, crazy? "This is what I've been waiting for." Yeah, you're, you're an, an idiot. Right. Come on. Yeah. 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 Well, well, I think that's about it. You want to? Kick the kick off your thoughts since you
0: kick out chose the jams on to die for? Sure. Yeah. I can motherfucker. Do that. Yeah. Yeah. To die for a film starring Nicole Kidman. If you didn't know that by now in this part of the podcast, <laughs> it would be surprising. I'm glad I chose this movie. It's not quite how I remembered it. In fact, there was a ton of scenes that I didn't remember at all. There's a lot of storylines that I just forgot. I I really just kind of remembered uh, Nicole Kidman was kind of sexy. She murdered her husband. Uh, Dan Hedaya is a father. They're really pissed and they're going to put a hit and get revenge on her. Uh, Those are the parts I remembered, but there's a lot of other stuff in here. And maybe we didn't even talk enough about it, but there's so much to talk about this film. There really is about the nature of celebrity and the desperation that comes with trying to be there in front of it all and get yourself noticed above all else, all humanity. Every living being is secondary to your uh, desire, right? And that's why it's a great title. Uh, It's a different Gus Van Sant film, as Travis mentioned earlier, in the way it's shot, that it's really focusing on... Uh, media aspects and using video and film and uh, television talk show in segments and then like a, it's a documentary, we didn't actually talk about it, it's like a, it's a documentary form in a way because a lot of these characters like Ileana Douglas, most of her scenes are her like talking to the camera as if it's a after the fact documentary and and I think that was a little I think that got really played out in film, maybe as we've gone on from this point in time, but in 95 I think it was pretty fresh, a little more fresh at least, and uh it's it's an entertaining movie. It is. Uh, it's, it's fucked up, and it's sad, disappointing. It's it's supposed to be a black comedy, but as it gets older for me, I I could see why they want to label it that way, but it's also a product of the 90s, where the black comedies didn't maybe necessarily hold up 25 years later. But uh, it's a well-done movie. It's well-acted. It's got a lot of great actors that I like in, as someone who enjoys films, so I'm going to say it holds up.
1: All right. I think that you hit on a major point for me there where you talked about how that mockumentary style which i'm glad you brought that up um how it kind of has gotten tried a little little too tried and true over the years i feel the same way about the satire itself the the subject matter itself i feel like this is a pretty well beaten horse um but it's done really well i mean it's done exceptionally well Yep and so in some ways i'm i'm surprised it's not more i'm surprised it's not, i'm surprised it's not better remembered more highly regarded and brought up more often in conversations but also it does i could also imagine it just kind of well disappearing in our memories the way it kind of did because similar movies have come along since um so i do think that it holds up i, I it's not a, it's not a super enthusiastic holds up i'm not i wasn't like this is a a overlooked classic that everyone should return to. That's not how I feel. But as you say, like there's some really strong performances in here. It's Gus Van Zandt, who is a fucking great director. And so, and it's well worth your time. So it's, it's, and it's worth revisiting. It's, but it's not like if I was making a, a list of the top 50 movies of the 1990s, this wouldn't be on it.
0: Oh, okay. Well, I think you made it very clear. And I'm glad that we did this movie together. To die for you. Me check too. it out. Let us know what you think. If you want to drop your thoughts about this film, something we didn't cover, send them an iPod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts. We always love to get emails, even though we don't check the emails. But if we get them, we'll read them. We will. We just did today. Yeah. It happened. So, um, so God, I, I, we're going back to you now.
1: <laughs> yep. My choice next. And. I had a movie all picked out. I was all ready to go. I've had it in my head forever. But fuck it. Yeah, let's do Search and Destroy. You've never seen it. Maybe Eric's never seen it, but I grew up loving this weird, weird fucking movie. It'd be fun to revisit and talk about it with you guys.
0: Well, this is unusual. How about that? This has got to be a first. (laughs) Movie brought up during the show, and then the person decides to do it. I I don't know if that's ever happened. That's pretty
1: wild. I don't think it has, but why not? I commend you. uh, It's not... you said you have a copy of it. It's also currently on, uh, you can rent it at, on Amazon for two ninety nine. So that's what I'm going to do.
0: All right. Great. Cool. Next week, we're staying in 1995. Search and Destroy. Yeah.
1: yeah. Search and Destroy. Yeah. Starring Griffin Dunn. Starring Griffin Dunn. Okay.
0: All right. Well, that was fun. Uh, me and Travis, we thank you. Travis Roy, Michael Govia, Eric Brasham. Be well, my friend. We missed you. Hopefully we'll see you here next week. Uh, that'll do it here. Cinema I Podcast. We thank you guys for watching and listening. And uh, we'll catch you later. I got nothing.